Ah, the lovely thyroid. So many women get told that their thyroid labs are normal, yet they show all the signs. Their hair is falling out. It's nearly impossible to lose weight, no matter how hard you exercise and how clean you eat. The energy levels are low. I mean, the list goes on and on and on for thyroid problems and thyroid symptoms, but yet so many people discover that their thyroid labs are normal. And you want them to be normal. They probably are normal, but they're not ideal. Let's jump inside and discover what your normal labs can truly say about your thyroid and how to turn those normal labs into answers, healing, and hope. If you know somebody who's struggling with their thyroid, please share this with them and then go into Apple Podcasts and shoot a review. That way more people can see this so they too can receive answers, healing, and hope from their normal labs, no matter what their thyroid story has been in the past. Jordan, welcome. I'm so excited for you to join us today since I just hit record because I know I told you I would forget to do it. Um, I'll do that again. (laughs) Jordan is here. She has Hashimoto's and she's going to tell us her story and then I'm going to teach you how my approach is to Hashimoto's using Jordan's labs. Um, A few of the markers that she has and a few of the markers I guarantee you have, even though they're normal. Um, Jordan had a long journey It took her a year and a half to figure out her diagnosis, and she had to figure it out by herself. So, Jordan, thank you so much for being brave and sharing your story, because like I said, I guarantee there are women just like you who are struggling and fighting and don't know where to turn. And they've had all the thyroid lab tests, and they're all told they're normal. Um, So walk us back through a little bit. First off, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your, your favorite food to eat? Oh, my favorite food to eat. Well, good morning, Kylie, and thank you for having me. My favorite food, well, I am vegan, so my favorite food is like vegan Mexican food. Okay, and you're in California, so I'm sure you have plenty of options. Yeah, we have lots of options here. Um, There's the Tex-Mex, the fake Mexican food. Food has been a big part of my journey, I think, so... Yeah, well, let's definitely get into that because I know people are struggling. I mean, you hear so much about food, what not to eat, what to eat. But I know from my standpoint as a functional medicine practitioner, is I see people, they cut out so many foods just trying to feel better. Yeah. They're hardly eating anything. And then when they do eat, and then they still feel like crap, they're like, they're throwing their hands up in the air, don't know where to go. Um, The elimination diets, just right and left. So. We'll get to that, guys. If you are fighting food sensitivities, if you want to be able to eat food again, I'm going to teach you how to do that. And uh, so, Jordan, yeah. went back us up to the last time you felt good. To be honest, Kylie, it's been so long. Like, sometimes I don't want to live in this mindset, but sometimes I just feel like I'll never remember what it felt like to feel normal again. Or It's been probably two and a half years since... Oh, um, it does it moments like I feel, now I feel good at nighttime, so I take those moments like as such a blessing when they come. But it's been so long, and for other people that feel like this, I just my heart goes out to them because it's not a way to feel. Yeah, a lot of times when I ask this question on free consults or on podcast or wherever the conversation is, people will say, "Well, I don't remember the last time I felt good." Yeah, I mean. For- I've been so diligent about like tracking my journey because I never felt like anyone could help me. So I just remember the time when I felt good. And then I remember when I didn't feel good. And 
What's, what's your version of not feeling good? Like walk us through a regular day for you. I mean, a day now is, it's almost debilitating. Like I'm very triggered by food. So I feel okay when I wake up, but as soon as I put anything into my body, it's like an immediate reaction. Um, be like complete brain fog to almost always needing to lie down for a period of time, not being able to concentrate at all carries throughout the day. So the reason it gets better at night is because I'll have my last meal pretty early. And then after time has progressed, then it passes and I feel better. So has anybody ever walked you through like the gut? I know you've probably done a million research on it. Yeah, I have. And so I have been trying, I try to be as clean as possible. I mean, I did, when I figured out that I had Hashimoto's, I did the Hashimoto's protocol. I did the autoimmune, what, what's that on the AIP? Yeah. So walk us through the listeners. Cause I know what that is, but tell the listeners what that is. Yeah. So that's the autoimmune protocol. And I adapted it a little bit differently for myself because I am vegan. Right. So in the autoimmune protocol, they focus on meat like having meat in your diet. So I did that, and I don't know if that's been part of the problem for me, but it really eliminated a lot of food. Like like you said before about people eliminating things, that was me when I first did the autoimmune protocol. It was like, there was nothing to eat. Yeah, I know when, when you're eliminating things, guys, we're talking about dairy, gluten, soy, sugar, peanut butter, all nuts, eggs, everything. This goes on and on. So it really is so very difficult Jordan, how long did you do that? I did that for almost a year. Such a long time. It was, but I felt so sick that it was, it felt like it was no option. So another thing that was really triggering for me was wine, alcohol. And I would only portion, but it was so ill. So that was cut out at the same time. And I've never put alcohol back into my, I've never drank wine again. With the diet, I slowly started to integrate a few things back in. Um, And I just feel like whatever I can do to try to feel better, if that means that I need to eliminate those foods, then I have to eliminate those foods. Did you feel better when you, or was it okay when you introduced them back in? Yeah, I think the biggest one for me was gluten, removing gluten. Mm-hmm. It was almost instantaneous with that. I I don't want to say instantaneous, but like within a two weeks, maybe. Yeah. Could, oh. When you cut gluten out, what did you see from a physical standpoint? Um, the energy, the clarity in my mind, like the not as extreme fatigue. Now, all that being said, those symptoms have come back and probably like tenfold. So, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Are you still gluten free? I am. Yeah, I haven't had any gluten. So I don't know that it's diet related then. I mean, yeah. And the reason they, for the listeners, the reason why they say to go gluten-free with Hashimoto's is if you think about your thyroid tissue, so your thyroid sits right here and the, the actual tissue that it's made up of, the chemical structure looks so similar to the chemical structure of gluten that your body is like, when it's so on edge and it's fighting gluten, it's going to start, it can start fighting your thyroid as well. They have this, it's called like, I just forgot the term, but when something looks so similar that your body's confused and it just starts fighting everything that looks the same. 
And that's why they say they cut out with gluten. Now, when in my world, what I do, because Jordan, I'm impressed because I could never go gluten-free for a year. I can go gluten-free for 21 days and that's about it. Yeah. I don't eat much gluten in general, but I do like my bread. Yeah. Um, I don't have bread normally. In fact, growing up and even in you know college years, pasta was a big thing because pasta's fast. It's yeah. cheap. And you can feel full on it. I haven't had pasta in, I don't know, five, six, seven years, maybe. Um, I do cook homemade lasagna, but that's very different. It's homemade and I load it up with meat, but I'm a meat girl. I don't know how you do a vegan thing either. (laughs) So that's why they say cut out gluten. So if you have Hashimoto's or if you're struggling with your thyroid, I would recommend just going gluten-free for just 21 days. Just try it. Like if you tell, if you were to tell me to go gluten free forever, I'm going to say, screw you. I'm never going to start. Yeah. Right. So if you do 21 days, it, it's going to sh- reset your body and then just see how you feel. You might feel great. Fantastic on it. And nowadays versus five years ago, gluten free is so much easier to do. I think when I was really strict into the autoimmune protocol, I wouldn't even allow myself to have the gluten free options because I didn't want to have anything that might be processed or you know, anything that had other things in it that could be bad for the gut. Uh-huh. Uh, but since then, I've started to introduce those things like gl- some gluten-free breads, some certain gluten-free pastas, um, and that's helped a lot. allowed me to have more foods than I was having before. Right, right. That's got to be, just to get, in a, get enough food in throughout the day would be hard. Um, so talk to us about your journey with doctors and getting to this point. Yeah, my, I would say like my saving grace was that I was my own advocate because if it had to have been left to doctors, I don't think I would have any kind of solution today. First started feeling sick. Everyone would pass me off as like um, hypochondriac or something like. I would it's all just, in your head. It's all in your head. I would say yeah. I was so, so tired. And they would just, the first question they'd ask like, are you stressed? And so I just got to the point where I'd always say no, because I never wanted that to be what they were attributing it to, because I uh-huh. knew something else. So I'd be like, no, I'm not stressed at all. And uh-huh. then they will, you know, you're in your 30s, like it's normal to feel stressed or normal to feel tired. And I just had to push, like, it's not normal to feel like this. So I work as a stylist and I'm shop, I'm out shopping all the time for my clients. I would need to go lay in my car for like 30 minutes in the back seat during the day when I would be working because I just couldn't continue working. Like I felt like I couldn't, it wasn't even my body. It was like my mind was shutting off, like just needing to lie down. And so eventually I was able to push my doctor into like running labs and looking at my TSH and my T4. I wrote it out for you. She didn't even test my T4. Yeah. So in the beginning you just got TSH, which is really, really common. My first TSH from about six months into feeling sick was at 5.45. And at that point, she wasn't testing my T4. So eventually when she did, my T4 was pretty normal. It was around 1.15 to 1.3, 1.03. But then progressively, my TSH has like started to compensate, you know, started balance itself out and my T4 dropped. So my T4 eventually in the last year has been around 0.7. 
and my TSH has normalized to around like 2.7. So I think, I mean, you can, I've heard you explain this on your podcast and obviously you can explain it much better than me, but I think it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like your TSH, it does that where it will normalize because even if the T4 is screaming, then the TSH will compensate for it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a system. Right. Um, so by the time you got your T4 done, you're just going off your TSH. Is she giving you medication at this point? Nothing. So the other point is that I've not wanted to go on the thyroid medication. Okay. Which is why I did the Hashimoto's protocol for a long time and the autoimmune protocol. I was determined to be able to deal with it on my own. Now, since this last few months, I've been feeling so sick. I did recently go on the thyroid medication and it has brought my T4 up, but I don't want to stay on it. And so what are you taking? Do you mind me asking? Uh, what's the, what's it called? What called thyroxine? Um, okay. That one's the most common. Yeah. And I told my doctor I would go on it uh, for one month or for one cycle, I think it was 90 day cycle and see what it was like. And you know, my hair was falling out so, so rapidly. Um, so now my hair has stopped falling out. My T4 is up to 1.33, but it's not, it's a bandaid for me. Like to take that medication, it's not figuring out what is the root problem. Like what is the reason that I'm sick? You know, I've, for me, in my opinion, like taking the medication is just putting a bandaid on it and like saying that that's the solution forever. So I don't want to be on the thyroid medication, but I don't want to feel like crap either. But I still feel like crap and I'm on the <laughs> Yeah, I've talked to people. They'll be like, I've been on the thyroid medication for 10 years. I'm like, do you feel do you feel any different? No, I just take it because that's what my doctor tells me to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that person. Like, I want to keep digging until I can find the root and, yeah. and deal with that if possible. Right. And so many people are just like you, but they literally have no idea what to do or where to turn since. They've exhausted all their resources. They've exhausted the medical system. So when it, when it comes to your thyroid, I mean, we're going to walk through this really quickly just because you know, you've been on the podcast, you know what I'm talking about when I do this stuff. But when it comes to your thyroid, you have to think about your thyroid as a piece of a system. Okay, now do you see the whiteboard, Jordan? Think about your thyroid as a piece of a system. And like a totem pole, okay? So on the top of the totem pole, we have this guy called H. Now, besides hair loss, Jordan, what would be another couple, like say if I were to wave a wand and eliminate three symptoms, what would they be? Uh, the brain fog and the fatigue. Okay. So the top of the totem pole, we have H, which is also known as your hypothalamus. It's part of your brain. Okay. Then we're going to jump down to the middle of the totem pole, or P, which is pituitary. If you were to draw a line down the center of your head, your pituitary gland is like right where these two lines cross. This little teeny itty bitty gland. That gland produces the marker TSH, okay? So when people are taking the TSH marker, you're really not getting a picture of your thyroid, which is the bottom of the totem pole. What you're getting a picture of is your pituitary which I'm so glad that you were an advocate for yourself and you started demanding some more markers. So those of you listening in, there are five markers that you want your doctor to take. The first marker, of course, is TSH. I'm sure they've taken it. 
The second marker is this thing called free T4, which is what Jordan was talking to us about. The third is free T3. And then in order to figure out if your thyroid is, has become autoimmune, which is the Hashimoto's, you have to have TPO antibodies and TG antibodies. If those two markers aren't taken, then we're missing the big piece in the puzzle. So be your advocate, go to your doctor. I mean, I will literally have people call me or send me a Facebook message and ask what labs I should take. Yeah. And I give them a list of labs and then they go to their doctor and then knowing that those labs are going to come back normal, then they give them to me and then we can find out the real results. It's so, crazy to go to that extreme. Yeah. Yeah. And even when I, Kylie, even when I had my first TPO with the positive antibodies, the doctor didn't even catch it then. She didn't That's, say. And she just said, oh, you're, you know, the, a, the positive ANA. It's positive or something. But she didn't even understand what that indicated. And that was how I was able to catch it. I didn't, I didn't know what it meant, but just researching it, then that's how I was able to figure it out. And I took it to an endocrinologist and she was able to make that diagnosis. Oh, geez. I try not to get frustrated, but it is very frustrating. It's just the, the education system for doctors has failed them. I have yeah. trained myself to think very differently because I refuse to get the same results. Mm-hmm. I want to... I want my goal, Jordan, if we were to go forward and work together, which I'm going to because you have no choice, I'm going to tell you what is wrong with you <laughs> so you can stop living like this. My goal would be the last doctor you tell your current story to because I want to help you change it. So based off of your five thyroid markers here, what is your thyroid system doing? It's called the HPT axis is what it's called. So say, Jordan, your TSH was let's say 5.45 at the beginning. Now in some labs, that is a normal lab test. And I heard this really great analogy. The normal lab ranges that doctors use nowadays, because that's what they're trained on, is like trying to find your favorite restaurant between California and New York. Oh my God, that's such a good analogy. I know, right? (laughs) Um, Whereas taking those normal ranges and condensing it to ideal ranges, say trying to find your fit in my area, it would be trying to find your, find your favorite restaurant in Davis County, you know, right. just north of Salt Lake, or I don't know where you are, but trying to find your favorite restaurant in Denver, Colorado. Like that's so much narrower and tighter to the yeah. point where, okay, if I fall outside this optimal range, then I'm going to start feeling sick. Right. I fall outside the normal range. Now I have a disease and that disease is going to tell them what pharmaceutical drug they can put underneath or give me for the rest of my life to help quote manage symptoms. And I've even found if my uh, T4 is at 0.8 and the range is 0.8 to 4.5, right? Uh-huh. If I'm at 0.8, and my endo, and I look at it with my endocrinologist, and I tell her I'm feeling so sick. She'll say, "But you're in normal range." And so I tell her, like, if I was zero point seven, you would deal with me like I wasn't in normal range, and it would be a problem. But because I'm right at zero point eight, then I'm in a normal range, and it should be fine. Yeah, I know it's crazy. So you know, we don't like the normal range. Right. 
we like this ideal range and that's 1.8 to 3. And the way you feel in that range will be quite different than the way you feel like you just said at 0.8 versus 5.45. When you feel like crap and your doctor looks at you and says, oh, well, your labs are normal. It's all in your head. Yeah. It's because you're a mom and you have five kids. Like you're in your 30s. You should be tired. It's just normal life. Seriously. I mean, maybe it's becoming because it's so widespread and because it's such a problem. Maybe it is becoming more normal life for a wide range of people because they're not getting the answers that they're searching for. Mm-hmm. Then they're having to go to Dr. Google to figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the reason why TSH is so important to have between this ideal range, and those of you who are listening, go get your labs. Let me know in the comments below what your TSH marker is. Yeah. It, might be, it might be normal, but it's not ideal. If you're also listening, you know, let us know that you're here. Let's type comments, type live in the comments below or type replay in the replay below or type, I feel you, Jordan, because like I said, she's not alone. Let us know because the more comments we can get, the more people will get their hands on this and have hope. There is a new way of thinking about the thyroid and uh, you just have to find the right person to read your labs and the right person to guide you through the process. So that's TSH. What about T4 and T3? Where do they come into play, right? T4, that is actually produced by your thyroid. T4 then gets converted into T3. Now T3 is the big guy because T3 then goes and talks to every single cell in the body. So if you were trying to lose weight, you're eating like nothing and you're exercising your guts out and the scale just keeps going higher and higher and higher. And it's embarrassing to go to the doctors and spin on that stupid scale again. They're just going to look at you and say, oh, well, you need to lose weight. And you're trying your hardest in every every way, shape and form. T3 is going to go out to all your cells and tell your metabolism to speed up. But if you don't have enough T3 because you don't have enough T4 because you don't have enough TSH, your metabolism is going to struggle. Right? Same thing with like your hair. It's gonna tell your hair follicles to grow, be, to become vibrant. I mean, most of the time when I can, I can look at somebody and, and just base off of their hair, you can tell how healthy or how sick they are. Now I'm postpartum and my hair's falling out like crazy and it just makes me cringe. But if it doesn't start reversing, I'm gonna take a look at my thyroid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then the fatigue. Okay, so the fatigue, the, the T3 is now going to go talk out to every single cell in your body, this thing inside your cell called your mitochondria. Your mitochondria is responsible for taking your food and converting it into energy. If you remember back in high school biology, the mitochondria is called the powerhouse of the cell. Okay, that's the big core and the key, key factor for T3. What goes on between T4 and T3 happens in two places, your gut and your liver. So in most cases, we got to fix this. Now you're thinking, Jordan, you're thinking, I have done everything that I know to do for my gut. What else can there be? What have you done? Just to let listeners know. I think mostly the food. Okay. So you've eliminated the, the inflammatory foods. Yeah, I've eliminated the inflammatory foods. Are you familiar with the Hashimoto's protocol? With yeah. The, so everything she did in that book, I did last year. Holy moly. So all the, the miracle. 
I mean, I felt good for a long time and then I just felt not good again. So it was a temporary fix. I think so. Yeah. I think it was a temporary fix. Like all of the supplements we did in that, like from just addressing the adrenal fatigue, mm-hmm. did those things in the book and I felt so much better after. And then now I'm back to not feeling good again. Yeah. And when it comes to adrenals, your adrenals play a role right here at the pituitary. So besides going gluten-free, the next best thing you can do for your gut or for your thyroid, I mean, is to fix those adrenals. Now, everybody just wants to take ashwagandha or some type of adrenal supplement. The big factor here is that cortisol is your stress hormone that gets produced by your adrenal glands. And it's one thing to have external stressors. It's another thing to have internal stressors. These internal stressors can often be found right here in the gut. And if we can get rid of those internal stressors, then you don't have to take ashwagandha or whatever the the latest adrenal adaptogen is to help just survive, right? Um, Does that make sense so far, Jordan? Yeah, it totally does. Okay, now here's where the brain fog comes into play. The brain fog is like, clear at the top of the totem pole there's two things that talk to h this is also where anxiety and depression come into play when in regards to your thyroid serotonin and dopamine they are responsible for starting the food chain and if our body doesn't have enough or it can't utilize it efficiently then the entire process is slowed down now these are big components in your brain And they're also very big components for helping us feel good, for making us happy, for making us motivated. You know, these two guys, they get blamed for being the cause of depression. And I say that with on purpose, they get blamed for being the cause because it's not usually not the real problem. The real problem still is found inside this gut thing, right? But that's the top of the totem pole that starts the entire cascade down. And it also provides the brain the fuel that you need. Think clearly to have the memory, all that fun stuff. Okay. So based off of your T4, what was your T3? So I've only had my T3 once. Okay. And that was in my most recent lab after starting the thyroid medication. It's currently 127. Okay. So T4, ideally you wanted to have it, you want to have around one to two. Yeah. My T4 right now is 133 and my T3 is 127. Okay. Just... I just blanked out on the ideal range for one, two, seven. But we'll go off of symptoms here until it comes into my head. Um, so one, two, seven. On my app, it says normal range is 71 to 180. Does that sound right to you? Uh, for T3? Yeah. Holy smokes. I mean, that's just what's on the lab. So that's that's just going to be T3 then, not free T3. Okay. That's, good. that's fine. Okay. So T3... If we want to get that production up, we need to, of course, feed the entire food chain. But let's figure out what's going on inside the gut. And here's my three-step process for making food sensitivities go bye-bye. Um, oh, it's also... Learn this. What? I'm so excited to learn this. <laughs> and the cool part is, is you can figure out all this stuff with labs that you already have in your possession. You just have to know how to, how to read it, right? Yeah. So I call this my three-step gut rehab. Okay, and as we're talking about food sensitivities, Jordan, have you ever taken a food sensitivity test? No, I haven't. 
What, do you ever want to? The only test I've taken is a gluten intolerance test. Did it come back positive? No, it came back negative. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to food sensitivity testing, don't waste your money. Here's why. When you're testing foods, they're only testing foods in the raw form. So say, I'm going to eat some broccoli. I'm going to dip it in, you know, ranch dressing. And I'm going to have that. If you were to steam your broccoli, the actual protein structure of your broccoli is going to change. And the food sensitivity test doesn't identify that. So when you say, oh, I have, I'm allergic to broccoli, well, then you just avoid broccoli altogether. When in reality, you're only allergic to broccoli in its raw form. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's so interesting. And then the second component is if you were to combine it with anything like ranch dressing, that protein structure also changes. So when your test comes back positive for broccoli and you, you know, throw it into a casserole or you steam it or um, what's that salad with the bacon bits and the cheese and the, all that kind of stuff. All of that is going to change your protein structure and it probably isn't going to affect you. Right. But your sensitivity test doesn't tell you that. There is only one sensitivity test I would, I would take and it's through this lab called Cyrex Labs. Um, they take a variety of forms of the protein structure. So that one's at your most accurate lab test. Okay. Now, when you did your gluten sensitivity testing, what type of, like, was it a blood? Was it urine? Was it? It's a blood test. A blood test? Okay. Most of the food sensitivity testing is, as far as I'm aware. Okay, so here is the three-step gut rehab. First, we have to destroy. Now, this is where your internal stressors come into play. Um, because your body's constantly fighting, especially in the case of any autoimmune disease, we have to figure out why your body started to attack itself. Now for Jordan, uh, her body attacked her thyroid. In my family, Parkinson's runs in the family. So when you have, when your body is under enough physical stress, internal stress, I mean, you name it, when it's been through enough, and it's going to start attacking the nervous system. For people who have MS or rheumatoid arthritis or Crohn's, um, you ulcerative colitis, like you name it, all of these autoimmune problems. If you were to actually do the three-step gut rehab, your, your, your destruction or, or the attack on your body would probably go to a minimal factors. So destroy, what are we going to destroy? Well, there's several things inside your gut that we can destroy. And they're not even just within your gut. Like they can go widespread throughout your body what they are like for example if you have parasites in your body a stool sample for a parasite test is not accurate i have family members i know people who have taken a stool sample thinking that they have parasites you know they come back from whatever country it is mexico uh, south africa whatever the heck it is and then the stool sample comes back negative okay that's great but think about this they take your stool, they take a little teeny itty bitty piece of your stool sample, stick it underneath the microscope. And if they see underneath anything underneath that little teeny piece, then it's positive. If they don't see anything under that little teeny piece, then it's negative. So it's just a very poor sampling of it for one. And then two, parasites are geniuses. They know how to hide. And it doesn't take much to get, like people will say, well, I've never been outside the country. 
you really don't have to go outside the country because parasites are, they love to hang out on cats and dogs. Mm -hmm. That's the most common source for them. Parasites is also a very common problem with chronic fatigue. But here's the number one factor I can typically find with what we need to destroy. And it's what is every, on everybody's mind right now is a virus. There can be some type of virus hanging out inside your body that's just, you know, such a small, it's very low key, very low activity. Like if you were to go take an Epstein-Barr virus test, it would come back negative, but yet it can still, you know, it can still cause havoc, it can still wreck destruction. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was thinking of taking that Epstein-Barr test because I haven't done that, but do you think it's a waste of time? Uh, you can take it, but I'll tell you, you can find a different, you can, you can find a virus better off. Do you have your other labs with you? Yeah. Okay. So you're going to look at this marker called lymphocytes. Okay. I'm gonna, I don't know if I have that, but I'll look while you're talking. Okay. Lymphocytes is, it's going to be on a, they call it a CBC. So the okay. top of the page, what you're going to see is a WBC. That will be the top marker on that lab. Okay. Keep okay. talking. So the WBC, Jordan, if you find that, if it's less than five or greater than eight, our problem here is an infection. What type of infection? We got to go a little bit deeper. And if your lymphocytes are floating, I don't know, really 35 and up, I mean, you got to go off of some other markers here. And that's your percentage too. So there's an absolute and then a percentage marker. So if you're looking at 35% or up your lymphocytes, that's going to be a virus. The other marker is this thing called monocytes. Now, the we all know Epstein-Barr virus has another name called mono. So if monocytes, the percentage is above seven, then we also have a virus. I don't think I have Blasted. Those, those markers come from a CBC with diff. And sometimes doctors don't take the differential part. Okay. I have CBC, but I don't have WBC on here. You have what marker? CBC. Okay. But I don't think I have the WBC. I'll take a look at them afterwards. Okay. okay. So that would be your, your virus here. So we have what well, we can destroy. We we can destroy parasites. We can destroy viruses. We can do, destroy this thing called SIBO, which is your underlying problem for IBS, IBD, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis. This is really where you have too much bad bacteria and not enough good. This is the biggest problem for diarrhea and constipation. And usually when it comes to thyroid, usually thyroid is correlated with the constipation side. Is that any that is that either of you? No, actually it's me. It's probably because your diet's so crystal clear. Maybe. Okay, so there's a couple things to destroy. And really when you're thinking about destruction, just pick one. Um, there are some instances where I have to I have to kill like the SIBO plus a virus. But the biggest component there of diarrhea and constipation or constipation is not an issue, and think virus. Now, the second component of our two-step or our three-step process here is healing leaky gut. You know what that is, Jordan? To an extent, but not really enough to explain it. Leaky gut, when I say gut, I'm talking about your small and your large intestine. 
your gut has these cells that should be tight. But because we live in 21st century and our environment is very hard on our bodies, the, there becomes gaps in our cells, which is why they say leaky. So inside our small and large intestine, what we eat should, you know, get absorbed and then utilized and disposed of. Instead, it's going inside our gut, hanging out, maybe it gets absorbed, maybe not. And then it goes out into our bloodstream, causing our immune system to react because it's not supposed to be there. And your immune system's like, whoa, 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 get this out of here. And after it fights long enough, it's just going to give up and start fighting anything your genetic, genetics tell it to. That's step number two. We have to fix leaky gut. And then our final step here is replenish. So we have destroy, heal, and then replenish. Once we've destroyed the bad guys, healed leaky gut, now we're going to replenish all the good guys and get all the good guys back in there. So we're talking things like probiotics and prebiotics. We're talking things like enzymes, um, things like HCL, and all sorts of fun stuff like that. One, I'm going to give you a, a simple word on probiotics because I have had people say, oh, well, I'm never going to get off my probiotic. And I, I want to challenge that thinking because your gut needs variety. It is not good enough to have the same exact strains of probiotics, the same exact strains of prebiotics every day for months and months and months and even years at a time because it's not doing it any good. You need variety. So my rule of thumb is if you've been taking the same probiotic for three months, switch. Find a new probiotic. Get new strains inside your body. Okay? Then people have asked, what is a prebiotic? Prebiotic is food for the probiotics. So you can put all the probiotics inside your body, but if you're not feeding them, they're not going to thrive. Make sense? Yeah. Then when it comes to enzymes, enzymes help your body break down food, which is going to help your body break down those foods that are harsh to it right now. But say, usually this process is around a five or six month process to do it right. When we have to destroy parasites, it's a little bit longer because it can get gnarly. Um, but say, you know, summertime next year, now you can go, you said you like to go outdoors. So now you can go for the hike or to the beach because you're in California. Um, and, and not have to worry about dragging your food with you. Okay. Then the HCL, the HCL is called hydrochloric acid. It's responsible for heartburn. You ever had that? I don't think so. No, I have. I've had horrendous heartburn to the point where I had to get my esophagus stretched out three times in a week. I was a senior in high school and I literally like, you, I couldn't even swallow liquid because my esophagus is like closing off, right? I had this so bad. I was on nine different medications my, at, at 18 years old. Oh my God. I remember being with my grandma and we were comparing who was taking the most medications. That's horrible. <laughs> I know, right? But we were just doing what we knew, what we knew how, what the yeah. doctor told us to do. So then I got introduced to this whole concept of functional medicine. And the doc I was working for, I was his assistant at the time, um, was like, okay, instead of 
being on your omeprazole, which is what I was on, um, one of them anyways, how about you You replenish your hydrochloric acid instead? Now, omeprazole, Prilosec, Pepsid-AC, I mean, all of them, they are designed to lower HCL. That's actually the opposite effect of what you want. You want HCL to increase. So um, what am I now? I'm 30 years old. So 12 years later, I am on no medications. I haven't had heartburn since. Not even during pregnancy. Wow. So that's a big component here. Okay. Now go back to your probiotics and your prebiotics. Um, Jordan, I've seen, I'm sure you've seen this come through your Facebook feed because I have. There are multiple doctors who like to say that they have the magic gut pill. Have you seen that before? Yeah. Um, there are lab clinics who have gone directly after the, the consumer and are now telling them that they have the test that's going to solve all, the, all their gut issues. Okay, I'm going to call a bluff on all of it because there is no one size fits all when it comes to your gut. Right. And those lab tests, they're only testing bacteria. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot more going on inside your gut than just bacteria. Mm -hmm. And they're really not that accurate either. But hey, they're 99 bucks a kit. So let's just buy it and let's figure out my problems. Right. Yeah, they can help, but it's going to be another short-term temporary fix. Okay, so there you have it. There's my three-step gut rehab protocol. Now, in your case, did you would you have any questions about that process for you? Um, yeah, I would have questions on the prebiotic because I'm not taking that, and it, maybe it could be something you you like a specific one you recommend to me after or now, and then the enzymes. Enzymes for you, there's it's called Z gluten, and the reason why I look over there is because that's all my supplements. Z gluten is actually a product that is designed specifically to break down gluten, and then the prebiotic is called Ecovirome. Um, that's a liquid, which is nice because it's you know it's not like you're having to pop pills all the time, but that is the prebiotic that I use. And then when I when I use my probiotics, I have three of them, and I rotate through. So yeah, the, yeah. the first probiotic is called MBC, like M as in man. And that probiotic has 100 billion count. Mm -hmm. And it's guaranteed. The problem with probiotics is that the shelf life isn't guaranteed unless it's coming from a legit source. Now I, I have people swear by, you know, whatever brand they want to swear by. And I am no means an expert in supplements. I am an expert in the supplements that I use. Right. So whether it's uh, Melaleuca or Designs for Health or GNC, like whatever, I don't, I don't get into that. I am an expert in what I use and I use it for a reason. But if you were to go find a probiotic that always has over 100 billion count, let me know because I don't think you'll find one. Okay. I don't know what my count is. That being said, though, I wouldn't keep you on that high forever. It's just like uh, vitamin D. I jack people's vitamin D up, but I don't keep them on that high dosage forever. What dosage do you recommend for vitamin D? Um, I do 25,000 I use vitamin D. 
So since you've already done gluten-free thing, you've already tried the adrenal stuff, might one a great next step for you would be vitamin D. I'm on vitamin D, but I think I'm around four thousand. Yeah, jack it up. Yeah. Yeah. So four thousand is a is a good maintenance dose. And people might be thinking, oh, she's in California. She doesn't need it. You get the sunshine all the time. Um, you do get sunshine, but our bodies have a really difficult time now processing. So I mean, I have people from the Caribbean that are like, my vitamin D levels are at 17 and I'm out in the sunshine all day long and they still don't change. Oh yeah, when I first started on this journey, my vitamin D was like around a 15. What are they now? Have you taken it since? Yeah, now it's normalized, but I take the 4,000. What, what's normal? Do you remember the marker? Mm, 24 maybe, I want to say. Does that seem normal? Well, that would be normal range, but it's the same with your TSH. Right. It would be like finding your favorite restaurant from California to New York. I love that analogy. <laughs> I do too. You want to know who thought of it? Carrie V. Really? That's yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, that's like finding your favorite restaurant from California to New I'm like, that is genius. Genius. No, my last vitamin D is actually 30. Okay. So that's very, very common. If you could get it up above 80, now you're going to start to feel different. Oh, gosh, it's not. I'm surprised I'm seeing it at 30 because it's usually very low. Yeah. So go 25,000. I use a vitamin D every single day for the next month. Okay. And then do 20,000 for a month and then 15,000. And if you wanted to retest, you would be around 80 at that point. Okay. And you would be like, oh, my gosh, I don't. I mean, I have no idea if anxiety or depression or any of that's an issue, but it calms it down really, really well. That would be really nice. <laughs> Especially anxiety heading into the holidays. Yeah. yeah, that would be really nice. And then yeah. the question I have for you is about the thyroid medication. Like, do you recommend that people now have been taking it for about 60 days? Do you think I should just stop taking it? How much are you taking? Uh, 25 25 micrograms that's really a really really like a really small dosage for as small as yeah definitely work with your with your doc but let's i mean let's talk let's talk afterwards in a minute so let's close this up first off guys i want to thank jordan so much for, for being brave and sharing her story with us because i guarantee you somebody out there listening to this will be like oh my heck if I yeah. could actually fix my Hashimoto's or stop the attack, stop yeah. my body from attacking itself, how much different could my life be? Um, I mean, you talk about your your normal days, and we talked about this in the past between you and I, is that your normal days are shouldn't be normal. Um, and we got to fix that, which is exactly why I do what I do. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, where do I begin? Okay, if you're not gluten-free, try gluten-free for 21 days. I mean, right now it's the end of October. Going gluten-free would kind of suck right now. but So make it like your New Year's resolution and do 21 days in January. It's a great time to do it. The second component was, what else did we talk about? The prebiotics, the probiotics, the enzymes, HCL. But the biggest component that you're going to find a difference in is that vitamin D. Okay. Now, your normal range for vitamin D is 30 to 100. That's literally the normal lab range. Ideal is going to be 80 to 100. And I promise you, you'll feel like a million bucks when you get up there at 80. Um, and then the next step would be, let's see where your 
gut rehab is on a personalized level. What do we need to do to destroy? That's usually what we have to figure out, um, especially when you've tried everything that you've tried. Like I can almost guarantee you there's a virus. Yeah. And as exactly. soon as we tackle the virus, you're going to be like, it's that simple. It was that simple the last year and a half. <laughs> but I've had people come to me. I mean, they've spent $100,000 on trying to figure out their health care. They use their entire retirement and it's now gone. They still feel like crap. So it's just a matter of getting your labs read by the right person. And if you guys are interested in that, schedule a free consultation with me. I make it free because I want to make sure I can be that person for you that helps you change your story so you never have to tell the same story to another doctor again. Huh? Um, yeah, and then in the case of your scenario where you've done everything that you've done, like I said, I could almost guarantee there's a virus. And it's a very, very simple fix on my end. That fixes a supplement called Vivi, V-I-V-I. And it's an antiviral and it's like everybody's favorite thing in the world because it's all of a sudden you have a boost of energy. Because this virus that's been destroying or attacking is now gone. So cool. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. If you have anything to say to like somebody sitting in your shoes, what would you tell them? Uh, I would tell them like the advocate for yourself because you cannot rely on other people to find the solution for you. Do the research, like find reputable research, find reputable people that know what they're talking about, compare it to your labs. And then, you know, just keep advocating for yourself. If you feel really like you're sick, then you're sick. If somebody's telling you you're not sick, find somebody else to talk to. Yeah. How many doctors did you go through? Probably 10. And then the specialist finally was the one that diagnosed you? Yeah. After you told them, basically? Yeah. I was on the, I was on the phone call this past weekend with a mom who's in a very desperate situation with her daughter and in regards to endometriosis. And I'm like, freak, I just should call myself endometriosis specialist. I know more about it than they do. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, she is. Same thing with thyroid. Like the thyroid, yes, you can take medication. And sometimes people need to take medication. But I love your philosophy. I love the idea of taking it for the short time so you can feel better, so you can function. But then figure out what the heck is wrong with my thyroid. What is wrong with the system? And what's really causing my body to feel yeah. So thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies, gentlemen, if you've been listening to this, be sure to thank Jordan in the comments. She's going to start changing lives. And if you have any questions, leave it in the comments and we'll get back to it. Thank you so much, Kylie. Um, what was the problem you were having before discovering our services? Um, so before I came to Dr. Kylie, I was struggling with Hashimoto's, PCOS, some, a lot of gut issues and depression. Um, and those weren't all diagnosed at the same time. It was over a period of three years that I figured out all those things. What did the frustration feel like as you tried to solve the problem? Um, the amount of time that it took to get answers. Um, I would go from doctor to doctor and they wouldn't really give me much help or clarification or even a diagnosis on things. It was a lot of tests. A lot of time. Um, I did eventually find one doctor after a few years who was willing to actually test for Hashimoto's and was willing to, he believed what I was saying. He didn't just look at me like I was crazy um, when I would tell him that I was throwing up every day and that I was having all these other issues. Um, so that was the biggest frustration though, was that 
even though even with, with diagnosis, I really didn't make much progress. It continued. Um, I would still have symptoms. They would just be um, a little bit better, but I was still having issues. Maybe not every day, but um, like weekly and monthly. What was different about our services? Um, my mom was the one who told me about Dr. Kylie. And when she first told me, I really was not interested in doing it at all. Um, functional medicine was not something that I had been taught about. I believed in Western medicine completely and didn't really, wasn't really interested in functional medicine at all um, until my mom told me about this class that was going on in Logan. And I went to it with her and it was all about hormones and how they affect the body. And I absolutely loved it. Everything that Kylie talked about in the class, it was, it felt like it was applicable to me and it felt like that was exactly what I've been experiencing for the last three years. And I felt like my questions were finally going to have answers and I was finally going like, to get somewhere and have a little bit more hope for the future. And so, I, yeah, I absolutely loved Kylie. And so we set up an appointment and during my first appointment with Kylie, she just took the time to get to know me. And I loved that. I felt like she really listened to me. I felt like she really cared about my story and about what was going on with me, that I wasn't just another person coming in, that she wasn't too busy to talk to me um, and that I wasn't just going to get the runaround. Um, I have a lot in common with Kylie and so that helps as well. It helps me feel like I can trust her and I can trust what she has to say. Um, take us to the moment our services um, started working to solve your problem. Um, so since coming to Kylie, um, I feel like she looks at um, all the issues as a whole of how each issue affects, like with Hashimoto's, how that affects PCOS and how PCOS affects everything else. Um, that it's not just the one single issue. Um, even with the other doctors that I've been to, they would just focus on one issue at a time and not look at how that could be affecting the other um, the other problems that I was having. And that was what I really loved about Kylie. And I started noticing a difference immediately. I stopped taking the medication, my thyroid medication, which I felt like was just making me tired every day. And right after that, I felt much better. And I cut out gluten, I cut out dairy and sugar for 21 days. And that made the biggest difference. Um, it was hard, but it made the biggest difference. And I've been able to notice a lot of daily differences. I feel like I'm more active, I have more energy, and I don't have a hard time making it through my whole day without feeling sluggish and down. Tell us what your life looks like now that your problem is solved or is being solved. Um, simply, I have just a lot more hope for my future, that I'm not gonna be stuck on medication the rest of my life, um, that I'm gonna be able to have children um, one day, and that that's not gonna be a giant hurdle in my future. What would you tell someone thinking about starting on this journey? Um, I would simply just tell someone to do it. Um, it may seem crazy, you may not believe in it, you may think that it's too hard or it's impossible to cut out certain foods in your life. Um, I would tell you it's possible that Kylie and Kelly are here to help you and that they um, just wanna support you and help you make it happen. And it's totally worth it. Um, it's made a huge difference and I feel so much better after starting this. I want to thank Jordan for coming on and joining us today, allowing us to get inside her normal labs, her struggle with her thyroid and her overall health and being unable to get answers from her previous medical doctors, but truly teaching you guys that answers truly can come when your labs are interpreted by the right person. Because 
your labs are only as good as whoever is interpreting them. If you want to learn more and join us inside the community Beyond the Diagnosis Tribe, where you can get access to me for one low monthly price, plus a hordes of other million good stuff, including your thyroid code lab program, go check out drkylieburton.com backslash healing beyond the diagnosis, and I'll see you inside the HBD tribe.